just being a few, one of a few uh, black female soccer coaches in the division one level. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's a little, little Marsha, you know, who's like, hey, well, she looks like me. She could, I can maybe do what she's doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Hey guys, thanks for tuning into part three of my conversation with Marsha Harper, the American University women's soccer head coach. Now, I'm sure you've enjoyed our conversation so far. She is such a cool person and has a really cool perspective on life. So I think you're really going to enjoy this last part. So I mentioned this at the beginning, but Marsha is making history as the fourth black female head coach in all of women's division one soccer over 300 programs there. So she's also the first black head coach at American University in over 15 years. So really paving the way in, in her role. But she shares about the amazing things that her team has been doing off of the field during 2020 when so much has been happening in our country. And she talks about the initiatives that her team has started in terms of joining the fight against racism and promoting social justice within their community and across the country. She talks about how this was all led by her players and she's so proud to be part of such a powerful group of women and she just loves the opportunity to be their coach and she's such a humble leader where she's like, I just wanna be here to guide them in the right direction and just be here to give them a platform and support. So lastly, she leaves us with some really important advice on how to stay positive even when life throws some crazy stuff your way, when you feel like you're off track, Marsha has got a really inspiring way to stay positive. So I'm excited for you to hear the rest of our conversation. So here is Marsha. You touched on some of the things that you're having the team do, you know, mm -hmm. outside of soccer, because I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do on the pitch right now being the pandemic. But I do want to talk a little bit about some of the you know, the initiatives that the team has been a part of, yeah. especially during the summer in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, joining the social justice issues. And, yeah. you know, can you talk about, especially the, the photo campaign, describe what right. that was that your team led. There's so many cool things that you guys did, but I, I do want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So I talked about it a little bit earlier, but this summer was of course really eye-opening for everyone. You know, unfortunately there was a series of events that happened that made it on every screen. So everyone had to see it. Because of that, even if this hadn't happened, I knew that I inherited a strong group of women who are very passionate, very intelligent, but just kind of needed a microphone, like your, your fancy microphone. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just drop a couple of so, books. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they just needed to, to know how and if it was okay to use mm -hmm. their platform. And so a lot of what our team did surrounding social injustice and, and even some of the, you know, um, other causes like Hispanic Heritage Month, like all these things, Mental Health Month, all these things, they're player led. Pretty much every campaign that you saw, at least coming from our page, was the girl's idea. We just like, you know, okay, this is your idea. And we challenge them to structure it a little bit, right? And like, okay, what's the content look like? What target, what tar what's your target audience? Like how often are you going to do it? Like that's what we were helping with, but they ran with it. Their idea was their idea. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the photo campaign that we had, um, actually went athletic department wide started with our team one of our players suggested some of our our black student athletes holding up a sign that said do you hear me or do you mm -hmm. hear me now mm -hmm. right and then all of the other members of our community saying like i got your back i hear you mm -hmm. whatever it was but that started with our players just saying like hey coach can we do this i feel really strongly about this mm -hmm. i want people to know where we stand i want people to know um, what we're about and that we are going to use our voice are we able to do this i'm like yeah yeah. Wow. <laughs> How can I help? Right. And yeah. so, 
you know, it was awesome to also have the support of the rest of the athletic department to be like, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. Everyone on board to do it. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. Um, but everything that you saw from us was player led, which is awesome. Awesome. Right. Like I didn't have to ask them like, Hey, this is my idea. What do you guys think? It was like, I literally, um, every week we have our like announcements. And at the end I'm saying, I, I give them time. I'm like, Hey, do you guys have anything we want to talk about or any issues that you want to bring up? Right. Do we want to speak about, do we want to promote? And of course, not every week they have something, but they might be like, yeah, you know, next month is this, like, can we do something? Yeah. That's great. Awesome. And so I'm just here to help just like on the field. I'm a soccer coach. Like that's my <laughs> title, but like on the field, we're giving them, you know, ideas, but when the yeah. whistle blows, it's so fluid that you have to be thinking for yourself. Yeah. And so it's like, here's our game plan. Here's a platform to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? now execute. And so it's the same thing in the real world. Like you're talking about, you alluded to like taking that from the field, what you've learned and how can we apply it in real, in real life. And they yeah. absolutely have done it. And you know, it, it was for an awesome cause, obviously, yeah. for, you know, they, they opened a lot of people's eyes and some of their peers, they even empowered. We had, especially around um, the racism and social injustice, especially when it right, well, it's always been happening, unfortunately, but when it was at its peak this summer, it was also about using our platform and like talking about where we stand, but also like being educational, right? Mm-hmm. There was players on our team that like, Hey, I've got a question, Yeah, you know? And again, our team is so close that it was easy. I'm talking with some of my colleagues. They're like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know how to bring it up. Like there's wow. like, yeah. ease on our team. Like, you know, just people mm-hmm. aren't comfortable around it, but our players are like, Hey coach, two of my players. Hey coach, can we take the next meeting? I'm like, well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just double check here. Yeah. Yeah. They told me and I'm like, okay, great. And then they're like, we also want to answer some questions that our teammates had. So they, they submitted a Google survey, anonymous Google survey, sent it out to the girls, the team, they could ask whatever question. And then they got those answers and then like set up a little PowerPoint and answered questions. So then it was like this space where you could be completely vulnerable. Wow. Right. Even more so than they already are. And then they were just like getting the answers. And then even within that, they'd be like any questions. And then that would, you know, open the door for people to be like, yeah, I have, I've experienced the same thing. Or like, I haven't experienced this, but like, I'm so thankful that you're bringing it up. And like, you know, maybe I have done these things I didn't realize and all these things. Right. So yeah. The women that I work with are so intelligent. Um, they just literally need a platform and they just need a little bit of structure. Yeah. And someone to like, you know, force them to think about things from a different angle. Um, yeah. But they are so intelligent. And, and I've said it before, I've been quoted to say like, a lot of people lead from the front, but especially with these issues, I'm like leading from the back. Like, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. right? you know my job. Yeah, I'll hold you up. Yeah. Like, all right, you know, you're all right. You're straight off the back. Okay. But <laughs> they're, you know, they, they are, they were charging this summer in, in yeah. until this point as well. And they still do. They still come up with these ideas, but it's all player cool. That's amazing. So. Yeah. And I mean, and, and we have to mention like, what did that mean to you? You know, you came into the American university athletic department as the first African-American head coach in over 15 years, seeing the open conversations that your team was having and you being in the position that you are like, what were some of the thoughts going through your head in terms of, you know, your perspective on that? Yeah. I mean, 
Um, I would say it's always, and <clears throat> especially when we were talking about the social injustice that was happening, you know, we would have our team calls, not every call the players led. I certainly led some discussions and shared like my own personal anecdotes of my experience and growing up, what, what, what it was like being a young black girl in Colorado, predominantly white neighborhood, pre definitely predominantly white um, school that I went to from sixth to 12th grade, um, affluent school as well. So like what my experiences were like, kind of like um, assimilating to that environment, right? And like navigating and like making sure I fit in in certain ways mm. um, and how I had to box that up. Yeah, like, oh. um, but being open about it because some people, I mean, I've never, well, shouldn't say never, but I haven't, up until that point, I hadn't openly talked about my experience. And so I think it was certainly helpful for other people, especially those who are, who are not black to learn and hear from people that they're close to um, the emotional uh, effects that it has on a lot of people or had on a lot of people. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's always been for me, like I always have just been uniquely um, in an environment where I am the only black woman or person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, but again, where, how I was raised by my mom, right. Was like, this is your circumstance. Yeah now what like yeah are you like so what you're black like what does that mean mm. nothing like go and and get it right so um so that's that's how i've gone about my life and i it just so happens that where i grew up and where the school that i went to um i was surrounded by predominantly white people and i had to assimilate which is good to an extent because i i was able to be a connector of people in that way too and so I think that certainly helped me in the moment where we were a couple of months ago and connecting two sides of the spectrum, right? Like, I mean, frankly, white people and black people, right? Mm -hmm. And connecting um, both parties in that way and giving perspective and helping to understand, giving terms and definitions and ch asking challenging questions and sharing stories um, and, and having discussions. Um, yeah, it, it was certainly nothing that I was expecting, but also the way that I've been raised is, you know, be open and comfortable to talk and, and, and um, talk about your experience, but also don't be ashamed about who you are either. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it, it was an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people, but, you know, I felt comfortable sharing and I, and I felt like I had the space to do that, especially given the, again, the women on my team. Yeah. Right. They had already shared their, their feelings about it. Um, and so we knew within our little bubble and our little family's pocket, we're like kind of where we could go with it. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, they're vulnerable with me and I opened up and was vulnerable with them yeah. about my experiences. Right. And so, um, I think it really helped. And then the rest of the athletic department, we had, you know, different discussions where I would invite members of our athletic department to our team discussion, Nice. Yeah. you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, being, you know, one of the only African-American coaches in soccer, uh, the division one level is, is certainly unique, but I, I guess I don't necessarily realize it all the time. Mm -hmm. I definitely realize it in moments, but, um, I think it's just a strength, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I stand out. Yeah. So, um, you know, quite literally. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's something that I am I certainly proud of. I think, you know, growing up when I was, you know, 12 year old Marsha, right, mm -hmm. just playing soccer. And then when I started to really realize that soccer, well, oh, I might be good at this and can I make it a profession, whatever. 
there weren't a whole lot of black players for me to look at. There's Brian Scurry, who's a goalkeeper. Yeah. Right. But there weren't a whole lot of other women that looked like her that were visible. There yeah. were certainly some that played, right. but they weren't overly visible and that, you know, just, you know, the Instagram wasn't a thing, Facebook, what, right. Yeah. All these things weren't a thing. Um, but nothing that was overly visible. To be honest, the one woman that I saw that looked like me was Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And she played a different sport, but I still, still the goat. <laughs> still the goat. Um, and I, I still watch her and I, and, and, learned a lot from her just seeing her play and the environment predominantly white environment that she was in right how she handled herself but still executed and all these things yeah um so i know that about myself and um where i am certainly um at a predominantly white institution um and also just being a few one of a few uh black female soccer coaches in the division one level um i know i'm i'm hoping that there's a little little marcia you know who's like hey Oh, she looks like me. She could, I can maybe do what she's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a big part about what I have tried to do over these last several months is hopefully my team knows certainly that I'm available to them, but also anyone in the community, especially black students and, and black people around me that might not, especially being in a predominantly white environment, not feel comfortable maybe to go up to a professor or someone that doesn't look like them, you know, to, for whatever reason. And so that's been a big um, reason why I've tried to be so visible and vocal is to let other people know around me. And it doesn't obviously have to be a student, but obviously I work for university Um, (laughs) that I'm here as a resource. Right. And that there is a community, um, a bigger community than maybe what's visible. I mean, you kind of read my mind there and I was going to ask you just about, you know, you have, you said that you had, just to select few role models that you felt like looked like you and those were visible to like people that were visible to you. And now do you feel like you're in that role model position to someone else? I know you, you talked about, hopefully there's a little Marsha out there and I am sure that there is, but how does that change the way you coach, you lead, you carry yourself, having that idea in your head that you are setting, you know, you're, you're paving this way for other little marshes behind you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny you say that there's actually, what's been really cool <clears throat> because social media is now a thing, right? Oh yeah. Um, there's been, especially black little girls, there's been a handful of black little girls who have added me who are soccer players yeah. who will like tag me on their like dribbling drills and they're like seven to 11 maybe. Yeah. Right. And I don't know them. And they live in different states, but for whatever reason, they've seen me and they've tagged me. And I'm like, that's awesome, right? I'll definitely keep an eye. Recruiting <laughs> yeah, uh, 2030. Um, yeah. Um, but it's just cool. Like that, that lets me know that obviously there's little eyes on me, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I hope that, you know, the little marshes, the little black girls are able to see someone that looks like them. But just in, in general, in my role as a coach to the women on my program, black, white, purple, yellow, whatever. Right. Um, how I carry myself is certainly, I know that they're watching and I know that I represent them more importantly. And so I certainly carry myself in with them in mind and everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I also, it changes how I coach them. Um, because of the connection that I want with them, the the connection that I want, obviously in the soccer field, but I want like when a recruit commits to us, we just told a recruit this the other day, like, all right. Yeah. We're so excited that you committed, but this is a, this is a lifelong commitment. Like we're going to be in your life forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so Get used to this thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I truly mean it. And I truly want that to be the case. And so, you know, I want them to know that I love them. Um, mm. And I'll let them know, but I will also let them know that there is a standard and I expect them to excel in everything that they do. Yeah. I love you, but I'm going to push you. Yeah. Right. And that's tough that, love. Tough love. But um, that's kind of, I would say my, my coaching approach is having high standards. But before I do that, establishing a relationship with every player, every coach, every colleague, yeah. you know, I'm around so that they know that there is an environment and it's more than just whatever the job is or task at hand. Yeah. Like you're a human first, you're a person first. Let's have this connection and hopefully it's a deep one. Right. So then, especially with my players and my staff, so that if I need to push you or, or if we need to have a critical conversation one way or the other, we know that it's coming from a good place. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Cause I think like ultimately the end goal <laughs> isn't about soccer. It's about right. those relationships. And those are the things that you carry on, like you said, throughout your life, <laughs> for the rest yeah. of your life. And, and those are the things I miss the most about playing are the relationships or the, the locker room dance parties yes. and gatherings. Like I, those are my memories. Of course, I don't have like the best memories on the field. You know, that's another story, <laughs> but still, I mean, those are the things you take away and those are the relationships that you you carry on. And so I think I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing with the team. I love all the different things you're doing off the field, play like professional development, you know, getting involved in social justice issues, all the things, all the things. It's just really cool. It's really important. So we will finish it off for, you know, talk about your goals for 2021. I know everyone's like 2020 is the year, but like, okay, let's move looking forward even more 2021 um you know hopefully things start to clear up i mean who knows but right now right. what are what are some of your hopes your goals um for the team um well there's so many um, oh gosh there we go i i guess i hope to see um progress right every day i told them I, and i tell them i want you to give 100 percent of whatever your percent is on the day so you, it could be a bad day and you could be at like 60%. You got three hours of sleep, whatever that yeah. is. But for this two hour time that we're together, can you give me a hundred percent of that 60? Yeah. And then, you know, I hope that it helps you bring that 60 maybe to 70. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Believe us. But um, I just want them to see that every time that we go out and do something, whether it's the simplest passing drill or a warm up, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever it is. Like, let's be excellent and like really intentionally try and as corny as it sounds, try and be better than whatever rep that you just did or whatever, you know, you know tomorrow's a new day. Can we be better than yesterday? Right? Yeah. Like whatever that is, can you be better? And not just like, all right, this is the warm up. Let me trot and do this. And you know, this is a passing drill. Let me do this and move over there. It's like, no, like, bah! and then I'm there. <laughs> and then I'd be like, Hey, Sally, I beat you to that cone. Right? Like I'm gonna let everybody know that I did well. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so my goal is for them to have progress in every single thing that they do every single day. And that's a mentality. Mm-hmm. And so to that point, um, we're absolutely attacking the mentality. We're working on the, the tactical, the technical, and of course the physical, but 100% the mental, uh, aspect of our team and our program and the women on our program is what we're diving into. Um, and it's also what we're recruiting. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think my goal for 2021 is to have the women on the team progress in general, 
but certainly in their mentality. Okay, then I do have one last last question. Okay, okay, which okay. I think is a good way, you know, to get your perspective on this. I think this is again circling back to the point of this podcast. What is your advice to to someone who you know, thought that their life was going one way and then either an injury hit, a pandemic hit, and all of a sudden their life is on another direction or is just at a standstill and they don't know where to go. Like, what is your advice for someone going through something like that? I think to, to realize that, that regardless of what happens, the sun will rise tomorrow. As cheesy as that sounds. This is true. (laughs) Right. Um, but it's true. Like literally the sun is going to rise tomorrow. There's going to be light tomorrow. There's light in everything. And your perspective is the most powerful tool that any human can have and, and for better, or for worse. Yeah. And so if you can see and acknowledge those moments, like acknowledge what's happening, acknowledge, like, I think it's really important to acknowledge like the negative because yeah. we can build upon that. But if we don't, um, there's a little Wayne quote, um, I think it said, um, it's in that poetry book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, working with the negatives can make for a better picture. Right. And he's talking literally about the negatives, the old school photos. Yeah. Yeah. Negatives. Mm. Um, so that makes her a better picture, like a unique picture. But, yeah. um, I think I am a very, people would probably call me as a, a positive person. I certainly have my moments, mm. but I think what makes me different than a lot of people um, into what you're talking about, like people who are like hitting a low, you're, you're at that low, acknowledge it, but you can't stay there for long. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think a strength of mine is like, ah, oh, okay. And I'm bouncing and I'm back up. Yep. Right. Yep. It's like, darn it. Maybe and going even like, higher. You're going back up yeah. even higher. So, um, yeah, I think in, in, for people who are, you know, feeling like whatever their path was, was derailed, I think acknowledge it, sit with it, but don't sit long. Mm-hmm. You sit with it, but you're about to sit on a hot plate. So you got to pop up, you know? <laughs> Can't sit there for long. That hot plate you can acknowledge is it, pandemic. know that it's there, <laughs> but it's heat. That's heat that you're feeling. So like, let's go. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I think perspective is so powerful. I think a lot of people, you know, woe is me type thing. But like, yeah. if we have the perspective of like, sun's going to rise tomorrow, also, other people are going to get up and, and rise. Like, yeah. sun's going to shine. So, uh, sun's going to shine and rise. So, sh- so shall I, I think. That was a quote. Uh, I mean, anyway. you said it. Sounds like your quote. Sounds good to me. Yeah, no. It was, that was an Instagram quote that I saw, but I loved. That's um, beautiful. So, yeah, no. That's, that's my advice. I appreciate that personal advice because I just solely asked for myself selfishly. <laughs> you got it, We're not even recording. Podcast yeah. is over. Yeah, that's funny. I'm inspired. I'm motivated. Oh, uh, I'm going to do my next uh, two push-ups I do every afternoon now. Then I'm a wash-up athlete. My second one's going to be a better rep than the first. <laughs> yeah. And then can we add? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two push-ups maybe. Well, I, I think I've taken enough of your time this afternoon, but thank you so much for sharing yeah. all of your inspiring wisdom and your experiences. I think a lot of people are going to take a lot from your story and your positivity that is beaming. So I, I really appreciate it. 
dang, Marsha leaving us with the mic drop, Lil Wayne Instagram quote that we all needed right now in this time in our world. So I could have talked to Marsha for hours. She has such an amazing story and she has the qualities of a coach that I think every player wants. A coach who wants to be there for you as a mentor and support you in what you're going through in life outside of your sport. And Marsha clearly has that mentality and she just loves her players so much and obviously just wants to see them grow and be successful on and off the field. So I wish I had a few years of eligibility left. I would love to go play for her, but I still am so appreciative of her perspective and her advice. I'm certainly taking it and I hope you guys took a lot from it too. So thank you all so much for tuning in to my episode with Marsha Harper and I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week.